When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Future. We're talking real money. All right, it's time for another one. Now, I'm not technically supposed to be doing another one because I went to see my doctor yesterday and uh, he told me that I needed to rest and not work. But, you know, for me, this isn't really work. Just to let you know, because I know you guys care and I really appreciate it. My, my holiday bug that I could never quite shake, well, it morphed into pneumonia. So kind of walking pneumonia. So I'm on a, you know, steroids and antibiotics and all kinds of stuff and, and rest, but I, I spending a little time with you, not really work today. It's the Q and a actually it's the CQA comments, questions and answers show. And, uh, I am going to take it easy in that I'm only going to do five Q's and C's, but they're pretty good ones. And, uh, in fact, two of them go together. Hmm. So I might add up a, I might add a sixth one. Let's see how we do toward the end. Um, so we're going to get started with those right now, right this very minute with one of the C's and a nice C. Hey, Tom and Don, this is Jeff in South Carolina. I don't have a question, but more of an update and a big thank you. In fact, several thank yous. I submitted a question back in March, 2022 about the 403B offerings in my school district. Our 403B is administered by a company called NBS, National Benefits Services, and our choices were almost all insurance companies selling annuities. So I took your advice and I lobbied for change in my school district. Fortunately, I taught both children of our school board chairwoman, so I went straight to her. I shared with her a list of the offerings in our district and the associated fees as best I could find them. Only one of our providers made their fees clear, so I used information from the 403B Compare website. I explained to her that Vanguard and Fidelity both offer 403B plans with much lower fees than the plans that were available at the time. I presented her with a spreadsheet showing the difference between the fees of our then available plans and those that we can invest in. She thanked me for the information and immediately started working to get better plans added. Now, January 2023, I'm pleased to report to you that both Fidelity and Vanguard are available to the employees of my school district as 403B providers. So thank you for your advice on that. Also, thank you for your show, and thank you to Tom for meeting with me by Zoom on Saturday morning to discuss my portfolio and retirement plans. And Tom did not try to sell me anything. I truly appreciate all that you both do, and I hope to continue listening to Talking Real Money for years to come. Oh my gosh, that makes me feel so blasted good. One, I love follow-ups. And two, thank you, thank you, thank you for helping your fellow employees. You did something that benefited you, sure, but it was so much bigger than that. You helped a lot of people save more money at a lower cost in better vehicles for their retirement by doing what you did. You are to be absolutely commended. And I've been saying this, and it's so great to get it reinforced. One single solitary person can make a difference. And one of the best places you can go as a teacher 
is to your school board, to go to your local school board member. They represent you as much as they represent the taxpayers. If you're at a hospital or medical facility, go to the board. Tell them that what is happening is unfair to the employees, that somebody somewhere got lazy or, 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 we don't want to accuse, but could be in bed with, uh, not literally in bed, you know what I mean, with the uh, people in the insurance industry. A lot of golf games, a little, little steak dinner now and again, you know, grease those wheels. Good for you. And also, thank you for verifying what we keep saying. You want to meet with an advisor, including Tom? Not me. Including Tom? It's just easy and free. It really is. I'm doing all the production work, so Tom can do the meetings. Uh, and, and we'll help you out. We really will help you out. So uh, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, remember, you can send in your comments and questions at TalkingRealMoney.com or call them in at 855-935-TALK. And here's another one that came in from TalkingRealMoney.com. Hello, Don and Tom. It's that time of year where I meet with my Edward Stone advisor. I want to make sure I understand what my total fees are that I'm paying them. How do I figure that out? And how do I figure out how much the fees are in my investments I have with them? Thank you. Good for you. You're you're going to be asking one of the toughest questions there is because advisors hate advisors. And I use that term so loosely. They hate answering this question and they will do all they can to wiggle out of answering it. They're going to hem and haw and obfuscate and deflect and and uh, distract and, you know, use all the little magic in their playbook to keep from telling you what the commissions were on the funds, what their fees are if they are acting uh, as a fee-based manager, what the surrender fees are, what the ongoing fees are. So go in armed. You don't want to go in cold because they're so good. They're so good. Our last caller, listener, just said he met with Tom. Set up an appointment to meet with one of our advisors. It doesn't cost anything. There's no obligation. We're not going to try and sell you anything because we don't have to. We don't need to. We're not that way. We we get plenty of business without hitting people over the head for it. So set up an appointment. Show your portfolio to us in every detail and we can go through each one of the products in there and give you some sort of an idea maybe not exact depends on the products but a really we'll do the research we'll tell you almost exactly what you're paying and then you go in armed and then when you say how much am i paying and they dance around the issue and go well wait is it true or not that this mutual fund charges X per year and a Vanguard, a comparable fund at Vanguard or Fidelity or iShares or whoever it might be would only cost me this? Why is that? What extra thing am I getting out of you? So, um, or do the research yourself. Find out what, they're, what they are. You can go to Morningstar, look the funds up. A little harder with annuity vehicles. And if you have a managed account, well, then you can look up the advisor's form ADV Part 2 online at advisorinfo.sec.gov. Look for the fees section, scroll way down to that, and you'll read for about, in, in, some, in a big brokerage firm's ADV, it'll probably be 
eight pages of really complex fee disclosure information. The other thing you can do is go to TalkingRealMoney.com and download the advisor interview form and ask your advisor to fill it out. If he or she refuses, that's a huge red flag. It's a huge red flag. Thank you so much for your question. I wish you well. Again, questions, send them in. TalkingRealMoney.com. You can type them, but we prefer you record them just like this. Good day, gentlemen. I had a question about uh, mutual funds versus ETFs. I know you guys have gotten a lot of questions lately about this, but I've been pondering uh, it quite a bit because I do hold mutual funds um, that I'm considering bringing over to ETFs. Uh, However, I've done a little bit of uh, digging on this and more research, and all of my mutual funds are with Vanguard, and I'm, I'm seeing that the the ETFs that Vanguard offers, at least the ones that correspond with the uh, the Admiral funds and the mutual funds, uh, actually don't have any tax advantage over the corresponding uh, Vanguard funds uh, because Vanguard has their mutual funds, I guess, structured a certain way uh, where the ETF is a share class of the index fund and, and thus the, the mutual funds actually share the same tax benefits as the ETF. So then... I guess the only benefit uh, to switch to the ETS from the mutual funds with within Vanguard would be the uh, the slight difference in the expense ratio, which may not be enough for me uh, to to actually make that change. Just wanted to get your guys' take on that to see if that was correct. Thank you. Well, you're right. There really isn't much of a benefit, except for the lower. Well, there are two benefits. Two benefits. One the lower expense ratio. Is it worth it or not? Well, every little bit helps and it doesn't certainly doesn't hurt. Doesn't hurt to pay less. May not make it as big a deal. But the other thing is is that if you ever want to hold this asset outside of Vanguard, the 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 ETFs, you can have them in a Fidelity account. You can have them in a Schwab account. You can have them in an E-Trade account. You can have them in another account and you because they're ETFs you won't pay like you would if you had the mutual funds. Vanguard mutual funds with almost any other custodian are going to cost you a transaction fee if you want to buy or sell them. But that may not be a big deal for you either. Vanguard brilliantly structured this. And it uh, it's why we don't see capital gains distributions for those funds for which there is an ETF. It's really nice. And that dovetails perfectly into this next call. Hi, Tom and Don. Uh, my name is Sam. Thank you for everything that you do. I have a quick question about dividends as related to mutual fund versus ETF. I know you have been uh, talking about the fact that ETFs are more tax efficient. My question is that uh, I have mutual funds uh, with Vanguard in the brokerage account, and uh, I get a last in 2022, I got a, a dividends uh, for about $15,000 for which I have to pay the taxes. Now, my question is if I change all the mutual funds that I have with Vanguard uh, into uh, the similar ETF, uh, which they allow uh, without having any tax hit, uh, will I still be getting dividends if I change the mutual funds into ETF? The mutual funds that I have with Vanguard are uh, VTSAX, the total uh, stock market, U.S. stock market, uh, VTIAX, total international stock market, BVIAX, 
यूएस लार्ज वैल्यू वीएसआईएक्स यूएस स्मॉल वैल्यू एज वेल एज बीएफएसएक्स इंटरनेशनल स्मॉल सो आई जस्ट वांटेड टू नो इफ देयर वोंट बी एनी डिविडेंड्स इफ आई कन्वर्ट दिस म्यूचुअल फंड्स इनटू लाइक टू लाइक ईटीएफ विदाउट एनी टैक्स हिट एट वैनगार्ड इज इट अ बेटर ऑप्शन एंड इफ आई डू दैट विल आई स्टिल बी गेटिंग डिविडेंड्स ऑन व्हिच आई हैव टू पे टैक्सेस और नॉट if there is no taxes then definitely i would go ahead and convert uh, the mutual funds into etf uh, please let me know your thoughts thank you again uh, thank you for everything that you do as the previous caller mentioned on vtsax vtiax vsiax and vfsax which are all equity funds you don't pay capital gains on them because of the structure there are no distributed capital gains everything you got from those four funds was a dividend, a true income dividend. It comes from the income generated by the securities. You're going to get that with an ETF or a fund. Either way, you're going to get that. Now, um, VBIAX, which is the balanced index, that is not structured the same. That's structured as an old-fashioned, run-of-the-mill, regular mutual fund. There isn't an ETF equivalent. So, therefore, you had last year a $0.16 per share capital gain distribution, which if you had divided that money, for example, between um, uh, VT and BND, you you wouldn't have had the capital gain distribution if you did a 60-40 split, for example. But uh, you don't have, you're not going to have a lot of capital gains in this portfolio. So you don't really need to move anything. You might want to restructure. If you don't like the capital gains, turn VBIAX into two funds or just use VTSAX and VT or just use VTSAX and uh, BND. You won't get a capital gains distribution there. BND being the bond portion for the 40%. Next up. Hi, Tom and Don. This is Steve from Seattle, longtime listener. My question is regarding proper diversification. I have been helping my brother with his portfolio. He is 72, retired, and lives on his pension and Social Security. He has no need for the money in his portfolio and helps to leave it all to his daughter outside of the mandatory RMDs. He originally had a couple of Edward Jones accounts, which we have closed. We transferred the assets to a Vanguard brokerage account and a Vanguard IRA account. I sold his horrible Edward Jones funds and had to pay some substantial fees to do so. We bought nothing but Vanguard ETFs in his new accounts. He has about 150K in his IRA and 180K in his brokerage account. I set him up in both accounts with a 70-30 split. Of the 70% stocks, we put 60% in U.S. and 40% in international. Of the U.S. stocks, 80% is in VTI and 20% is in VBR. On the 30% bond side, we have 70% in U.S. and 30% in international. The U.S. bonds are split equally between BND and BSB. Does that sound like a reasonable allocation to you? Thanks. Well, if you, or I'm sorry, your brother had to pay a big fee to get out of the Edward Jones funds, it means 
that he had B shares. There are three classes of shares. Either that he either he had B shares or he had an annuity. Uh, there are A shares. A shares you pay the commission up front, and for most of the funds that Ed Jones sells, that's going to be a five to five and three quarter percent upfront commission plus the annual fees of the funds, probably a half a percent to three quarters of one percent, eight tenths of a percent, somewhere in there. B shares don't have any upfront commission, but they do have the annual fees plus a 12B1 fee of usually about 1% per year. And if you get out within the first five to seven years, depending on the fund, you have to pay them the rest of the commission that was paid to the agent who sold it. So there's probably a B share. C shares have a higher 12B1 fee, but you don't pay the rear end. So you pay more every year, but you don't have to pay when you take the money out. It's all done. It's all done for one reason. These share classes, and and by the way, they've existed since I was a young man because I sold B shares. I never sold a C share in my life, but I did sell B shares because you can technically imply that there are no load funds. And no load funds were really important back in the 80s because Vanguard was making it starting to to make inroads into the rest of the business and and people were asking for no load funds so the industry invented them they created them they faked them and it's all to perpetuate the lie that oh you're you're not paying me anything <laughs> heaven forbid you are paying and it really is disgusting and you found it out but good for you as for your allocation 7030 sounds right I mean, go take the risk quiz. Make sure that's right. Or have him take the risk quiz. If the money is going to be going to a child, he doesn't need the income from it. Although I think maybe once in a while, spend a little bit of it. He worked hard for it. Um, But a 70-30 allocation sounds good. You've really structured it nicely. You got about the right mix between U.S. and international based on market cap. You got the international bonds, which in this day and age used to be really hard to own international bonds. It's become so much, so much easier. And there are currency hedges now that are used to to avoid the volatility of currency fluctuations. So I'm good with the whole kit and the caboodle to boot. And uh, because that went so swimmingly, we are going to take a bonus question or comment because I don't know what it is yet. I'm going to go get it right now. Gentlemen, this is Dave in North Carolina. I have a question about creating a, um, a financial ladder uh, using some, some money. And I'm considering uh, three options. Uh, option number one would be to create a brokered CD ladder. Option two would be to use uh, nominal treasury bonds for a ladder. And option three would be to use uh, TIPS, that is treasury inflation protected security uh, bonds uh, in a ladder. And so my question is, I'm wondering if you might list some of the pros and cons uh, of these various options. Uh, Off the the top of my head, I could certainly think of uh, using uh, treasuries uh, would avoid state and local taxes, uh, but I'm sure that there are other pros and cons uh, that you're aware of. And so thanks uh, for your input. Well, in this day and age, forget tips, forget treasuries. It's just so easy to take them off the board because the yields are just not competitive. 
uh, and tips have been just historic underperformers. So, um, you know, recently they've done pretty well, but it really does take inflation. And that's the only thing that gives you anything on tips. And I don't want to bet the inflation game. I want to take the bird that I got in the hand, and that's a nice APY. And the reality is with all these credit card banks that exist to either create credit cards on which they're making, you know, 19 to 25% or car loans on which they're making 8, 9, 10, 12%. Uh, they they can be very, very competitive in their rates, and they can beat the pants off the brick and mortars. The brick and mortars can even beat the pants off the brick and mortars if they sell their CDs through a uh, in mass, in big blocks, to somebody like Schwab. So brokered CDs, or yeah, I'm going to throw a little wrench in the works. I discovered something last week that was very interesting. I came into a little money, just a little, and I wanted it in savings because I don't know what I want to do with it. And I'm not going to leave it at Bank of America at 0.01%, which is what my savings account pays, 0.01%. I got a thing in the in the email from a company that used to be called Comenity Bank, credit card issuer. They do the co-branded credit cards with a lot of people at high interest rates. Well, their banking arm is now called Bread Financial. I get it. They're trying to sound cute. I got to think saying any any amount over $100, 4% per year, FDIC insured. Now, I looked at bankrate.com and I just couldn't find anything that came even close. So I put this money in a high-yield savings account there about a week ago. I made more money in less than a week than I would have made in a year. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so, or actually a little over a week. Um, but then I, I also happened to notice it said they were paying four and a half percent on one year CDs. Now the best I can find at bank rate is 4.3. No. Yeah. 4.3. And the highest I could find on a five-year was 4.54. So you could create a ladder that way. It really, it depends on how much money we're talking about. If your ladder is going to amount to less than a quarter of a million dollars, the bread option starts to look really good. And again, I don't get any money from them. I found this on my own. I have an account there. I have money in an account there. And I'm putting a little more in because it's such a great rate. So we sold our car, so we have some money from that sold our car because we had two cars and we were not driving them both. And we did the math and we went, you know, if the two or three times we're driving the second car, we just lift around. We're way ahead of the game in what we were paying for insurance and all. So anyway, I digress. So we're putting more money in there. So no, I don't no compensation. We're not compensated by anybody except Appella who pays us because we work for them. Oh, where was I going? Oh, 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 their ladder. If you wanted to ladder with them, this is the coolest ladder. This is a really easy ladder. Usually, you know, there's a tiny difference between year to year, but because they're so high on their one year, it's 4.5, 4.5, 4.5, 4.5. So you can do a five-year ladder at 4.5%, which is nice because if rates do go down in the future, you have everything at 4.5. And this is what's lovely about a ladder. 
if rates go up in the future, well, you've got 20% of your money that you can roll out to the new higher rates in a year. So you can go to bank rate, find deals there, shop at your broker. But the best I found on brokered CDs was just about four and a half percent. So shop around, but skip treasuries. Nobody in the United States has a tax rate that makes up for the lousy difference. I mean, the difference between a a one-year treasury and a one-year bread financial CD is it's almost 2.5%. You'd have to have a state tax rate that was over 50% to make it worthwhile. And they're not federally tax-exempt. So that's what I do. Thank you all for doing what you do, and that is participating in this show. You are awesome. We love you. That's why I'm doing this today while I should be resting. Because you are awesome. You guys have propelled us into the top 50 investing podcasts in America. Top 50. Do you know how many investing podcasts there are in America? I have no idea, but I'm betting it's in the thousands, the many thousands. So thank you for doing that. Keep spreading the word. We'll keep helping people for as long as we are able and um, please, if you want a if you want a great event, if you haven't been, if you didn't go to retire meet last year, well, or even if you if you did, you know how good it is. If you didn't, go this year. I don't care where you are in the world. We do it virtually now, in addition to live, so you get the feel of the live in person event, but you get it for a lot less money. The only downside is you have to buy your own lunch. Sorry. If you come to Bellevue, Washington, if you happen to be in the Seattle area in February, well, you, it's the 25th, you could come and pay money and get the lunch. So you're going to pay one way or the other. So go to retiremeet.com, check it out, and sign up, and uh, we'll see you then. Thanks for being a part of Talking Real Money. Uh, by the way, if you like what you do, leave a review for us at Apple Podcasts. We've had a, you know, a few months ago, we had some really snooty reviews about, well, from people who disagree with us. If you disagree with us, that doesn't make us a bad podcast. It just means you don't like what we say. There's a difference, right? America. Okay, take care. See, I'm running a fever probably. <laughs> I'll talk to you with Tom tomorrow from 3 to 5 Eastern Time, noon to 2 Pacific, where you can call us live too at 855-935-TALK. I got to go now. Bye. I'm Don. I'm going to go uh, take a nap and maybe I'll uh, dream about Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for informational, educational, and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time. So please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately and consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Appella Capital, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?